This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Welcome back to O Brother Radio and Will Lockamy. He is Reed Lockamy, Dr. Mark Westfall is with us. Don't forget you can find all of these segments if you don't hear them live or want to go back and listen or share them with a friend at letsthinkonitnow.com. The podcast is Let's Think On It. You can find that on iTunes as well. It's Birmingham Mountain Radio 107.3 FM and Birmingham 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, bhammountainradio.com and the free BMR app no matter where you are. We are here with Chief of Police, Birmingham, Alabama, A.C. Roper. Um, Chief, what was your feeling towards police officers when you were a, a young boy? Well, uh, that's interesting because uh, I saw I saw some good police officers. We didn't have a lot of contact with them because my, my grandmother didn't play that. Uh, she wanted to make sure <laughs> we knew if the police ever knocked on the door about us that the next time they knocked it because we were dead. And so uh, so we just knew that she didn't play any of that. But, but the ones that we did meet uh, uh, were were respectful, kind. I remember I had my bike stolen. It was a swing orange ten speed bike. I had mm. decked it out with all the reflectors and the water bottle and the headlights and taillights. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I come outside, my bike was gone. I thought my brother had hid it, but someone had stolen it. And uh, so I ran and found the police officer driving down the street, and he helped me look for it. We ne- we didn't find it, but the the relations were pretty good, and uh, uh, so I can't complain about that. Did you see a lot of black officers growing up? Did you see people in the police department that represented you? I didn't see many at all. Yeah. I didn't see many at all. And uh, although we know they were there now uh, because of the history, and uh, but I just didn't see many. I don't think maybe we didn't have enough at that time in, right. in Birmingham. And now we're we're about, as a total force, we're about 68% African-American. Yes. How and many? 68 68 okay. and so so the numbers are, are pretty well now uh, but but we can never find enough good people right and, and we're always looking for good candidates and and regardless of race but it's always nice to have uh, a, a police department where people can see themselves yeah and is that a tactical approach when you when people go out on assignment as far as I mean racial diversity within I mean if police travel in groups of two or whatever is, is that something that you guys openly work on and think about how, how can we best approach this and bring people from the community on the force if, and send them to back to their community? Is that part of the current tactics? Or? What, that's what a, a lot of people are talking about, uh, people policing in the communities they grew up in. But, you know, I just saw an example in this, this latest national shooting where the officer grew up in the neighborhood, but the guy he shot grew up in the neighborhood. Now there's accusations that they never liked each other. Uh-huh. So, right. so now you can't win. As a, I'm thinking now I hadn't heard in that the one national before. media. You can't win. Yeah, so that kind of that kind of changed the tune a little bit. But what we try to do is, is of course, we want to recruit people from from in the city, but we have people come join us from all over the nation. And when we do that, we want them to get the values of Birmingham. We want them to learn the history. We, we send our recruit classes to the Civil Rights Institute, and they spend the day there. We make them do community projects and those types of things to really get the heartbeat of the city uh, as much as possible. Uh, because then they'll understand that what I call we still police under the shadow. And that is we still police under the shadow of the civil rights struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we have an, an excessive force incident, I can already imagine the split screen from 1963 to 2016 and that kind of stuff. Very wise image. 
So it looks like you're doing things on the front end correctly as far as exposing them, like you said, to the Civil Rights Institute and other things around Birmingham concerning our history. What's your method of weeding out someone, if they're already in the force and you realize, first of all, how do you realize, uh oh, this could be this could be a problem officer, and then what's your method of, of weeding them out? Well, we have a, a, I think every organization has what I call five pillars for success. Number one is people. You have to hire good people. Second is training. And we almost double the state required training every year that they require for police officers. They require a 13 week academy. We do 21 weeks and where they require 12 hours annual training, we do 20, 30, 40 hours. So, so, we, so we, we do a lot of training. Third is supervision making sure you have effective supervisors who understand what we're trying to accomplish. Then fourth is policies. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're a national accredited police department, so our policies get reviewed regularly. But then number five is discipline, which is not a bad word. That simply means doing the right things when you need to do them. And that means holding people accountable. And we have a two-tiered discipline system. Uh, the major uh, allegations come before me and those that are more minor go before the command discipline, so that could be a supervisor, deputy chief down, down in that range. But when it comes to separating from the force, that comes to me, and, and it's unfortunate, but we've, we've, we've fired officers. Uh, I just had to terminate an officer's employment a couple of weeks ago, and it's always a tough decision to sign your name to the letter, and you realize for his family, that means no health insurance, that means his benefits are going to stop that. And so that those are the toughest decisions I make. But but as a department, uh, those are the things that we do. But we're under the personnel board. So any actions we take, the officer or professional staff member can appeal to the personnel board as part of their appellate rights. And then the personnel board can decide to either uphold the discipline or modify it or cancel it or whatever the case it is. You know, Will touched on something earlier that I'd like for us to, to get back to, and obviously it kind of relates to what you were talking about with everything that has happened dating back to Ferguson and even before that. You mentioned continuing education and training and how important it is. And I'd be curious to kind of hear your thoughts on where we are with that and within your department, what you've tried to do, because I know in the schools, it is not uncommon to see situations or kids who wind up in trouble and really just a little bit of cultural sensitivity. And it seems like a lot of these things boil down to just misunderstandings of culture. I'd be curious to know what, what you guys are doing with regard to that training. Well, the biggest thing we're doing, which we're extremely proud of, is we're one of the six pilot sites for the DOJ, Department of Justice, Building Community Trust and Justice Initiative. And this was something the president stood up. He actually started the process working after the Trayvon Martin, yeah. mm-hmm. which didn't even involve police, really, sure. you know, and, right. and George Zimmerman. Don't tell Zimmerman that's, that. That's right. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where, if I'm not mistaken, Black Lives Matter kind of started after that incident, right? Yes, because when he was acquitted, they felt like Trayvon's life didn't matter and those yeah. kinds of things. And, of course, it's taken on. Uh, much more prominence now. But this initiative picked six cities out of, out of the nation. We're one of the six. But it's built on three, three pillars. The first one is procedural justice, and that's how we relate to our citizens every day, especially in our communities of color. Yeah. And, and so we just went through 16 hours of training, which deals with giving people voice, being neutral in decision-making, being trustworthy in our motives. So people see us as as a trustworthy organization. And 
uh, the DOJ and its 30,000 employees, including the FBI, just mandated that training for all of their employees. Well, here in Birmingham, we've already done it. So we've done modules yeah. one and two. We're waiting on three to be developed. The second leg is implicit bias. All officers are going through that training? Every officer. Awesome. I sat through 16 hours, and if I could change my schedule to sit through 16 hours, <laughs> everybody's <laughs> going to sit through 16 hours. But it's really good training. And, and what's really interesting about it, Doctor, and you're like this, is peer-led. So it's not the academy instructor uh-huh. standing there with the company line. Yeah. It's actually officers who are working the streets that is awesome. teaching the class to their peers. That is group dynamics perfectly. Absolutely. Yep. The second the second plank to it is implicit bias. Now this is what we talked about on the show last time. Right. Uh, that is going to be an amazing uh, uh push from the department because sometimes people have implicit biases and that, that's just the subconscious ways that your brain works that you may not even be fully aware right. of. That's right. right. And, and you're not even aware that you have this bias. Right. Well, police officers are people and they have biases also. So if we can help you identify what your biases are, yeah. now you can you can act in a different way. So if you, if you have fantastic. a bias against illegal immigrants, now when you walk up to the car, if you know you have that bias, mm-hmm. or if you have a bias against the LGBTQI community, now if you know you have that bias, you can now counter that. Right. And not keep acting. Yes, everybody right. in the same. Use your brain the, to say, Use hey, your brain to say, you know what? I got a little bit of bias on that. I better stop and Be careful here. Yeah. Absolutely. And Which, so. Oh, that is fantastic. That yes. That they're, that they're ex- training that, uh, teaching that training. And, and you're one of six in the country that are getting that currently. We are one of six. And the third leg is uh, reconciliation, primarily racial reconciliation. Yep. And I just started some listening sessions last week where I sat down with community leaders from a wide uh, spectrum of, of community groups. And then I sat down with uh, a youth group. Then I sat down with uh, my LGBTQI community just to talk about what they would like to see in their police department. Where are we doing well? What do we need to improve? And, and, and I'm just listening. And, and so we're going to see some amazing fruit come out of that. Because I think so. when you see it through their eyes, you realize, you know what, maybe we weren't doing as well as we thought we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we were doing it this way because of this. But now you're telling me here's a better way to do that. And, and so, when you get that cultural understanding, when you just take a few minutes to start to better know someone or a group, Turns out a lot of these things are, are very preventable. When you break down exactly break down the group barriers and make them individuals. Yeah. And you know, we, we just goes back to that group dynamic. When people are in groups, they behave as a group. When they're individuals, they behave differently. Yeah. And so I mean that's what that's what they're working towards. That that's is true. I'm really excited to hear that's what's going on down there. I mean, I'm well, proud that you guys are are part of that and they chose us to be part of that. Yes. And they looked at us and said, you know what, Birmingham is doing some things well. And, and as they put it, they have some progressive leadership. And uh, that's Chief willing Robert. to, well, uh, <laughs> it's the smart team around me, really, is what it is. I like how you fit that in just real quick. Just, just one thing real quickly, let me point out how good the leadership is. <laughs> yes, they, well, that, Mom will be proud. That's, right, that's what they keep saying. And, uh, yeah. and, and they've, they've been very pleased with the direction we're moving in yeah. and the fact that we acknowledge our history. See, some chiefs wouldn't sit here and say, right. wow, man, how police department was awful. Yeah. And we were, we were, right. we were brutal. You look at those, those videos, those old grainy f- black and white. It's all there, footage unfortunately, right there. Soon. that's right. And you're thinking, wow, we did not do constitutional policing at all, which yeah. by the way, we just changed our mission statement from three paragraphs to two sentences. 
Oh, good. Uh, what is it? And the two sentences are, it's the mission of the Birmingham Police Department to provide the highest quality of service by partnering with the community to reduce crime and improve the quality of life. But then the second sentence yeah. says, we will protect the lives, mm. property, and constitutional rights mm. of all people by serving with ethics, effort, and excellence. That's beautiful. Ethics is who you are, effort is what you do, and excellence is how well you do it. Yep. That's it. I think I it's like so it. unusual how Birmingham has not a badge of honor, but really does wear its history on its sleeve and talks about it. And because racism is is certainly not centrally located here in Birmingham, it's mm. everywhere. Right. I mean, it's it's everywhere. But Birmingham is a place that it's talked about more than you see it a lot of other places, and and really kind of recognizing how to grow out of it. So, and and I think you know, there's a lot of of movement. You know, there was a lot of obviously segregation with quote unquote white flight and. There's a lot of movement back now. I see Birmingham becoming a very integrated city. And maybe, you know, because of our difficult past and wanting to make adjustments, amendments, and everything we need to do for that, we may become one of, I hope, that we, make, that we can become one of the most integrated cities in the States. I mean, take it just would be awesome because yeah. To see the movement and to see the changes and to hear what you guys are working on and and I just I feel a movement of wanting to say hey you know what we can overcome our behavior of the past and the people here now didn't behave that way but we have to deal with the legacy of it and so but we have to work a little harder than the average community because of that past and I think it it may help actually spur us on to do great things. I want to take a quick break and we come back discuss that the you know the changes that are happening in downtown Birmingham recently at a city council meeting there were some people that were unhappy about that and it kind of took me back I was like whoa I, I didn't understand it at all so I want to talk to the chief about that we are talking to chief of police of Birmingham Alabama AC Roper this is O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio we're back up to this to listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers. 